Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the WREL Daily Download. I'm your host, Amanda Lamb. Sex education is a controversial topic in North Carolina. State lawmakers passed Senate Bill 49 this past summer, which some school districts are interpreting as a requirement to ask parents to opt in to their children learning about sex in school. Now, previous legislation in 2009 created strict guidelines about what students can and should be taught. It includes no language about the LGBTQ community. And in this episode, WRL education reporter Emily Walkenhorst joins us to break it all down. Emily, welcome to the program. Glad to be here. So first of all, let's talk about the stats. I mean, how many teenagers in North Carolina do we know what the stats are and how many of them are having sex? And how does this translate into things like sexually transmitted diseases and pregnancy? So there's a a federal survey that's done every two years. Uh, The last one was in 2021, and it found that, um, you know, about 30, 40 percent of North Carolina high schools students were saying that they were sexually active. Uh, They had sexual intercourse was the specific language in there. Historically, it's been about 40 percent. Maybe 20 years ago, it was above 50 percent. So that number has gone down a little bit. We've also seen fewer teen births uh, in North Carolina. So the rate is about a third of what it used to be compared to 2005. So we know that some of these numbers indicating sexual activity and teen birth rates are actually improving. And so that means maybe the education is actually getting to the students and getting to the teenagers. So when they take this course, what age are they typically? And what does the current law say about what is required for them to learn? So North Carolina calls it reproductive health education. That technically starts in fifth grade, pretty much across the state. That's where state standards begin. And it really just starts with puberty and then kind of gradually builds up to, you know, healthy relationships, healthy communication in relationships. And then when they get older, more middle school age, that's when they start talking about sexual activity and sexual risk. State law requires that students learn about all FDA-approved methods of contraception or barriers that might help prevent infections. Um, But state standards are also really heavy on abstinence first. Abstinence is the surest way to avoid uh, pregnancy or infection. It also has a line in there that really emphasizes heterosexual relationships as you know, monogamous ones as being the safest types of relationships, which some people have taken issue with. Okay, we're going to talk more about that after the break. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. 
Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to the WREL Daily Download. So since Senate Bill 49 passed, are many parents opting out of having their children take sex education in school? So in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools, they have interpreted this law to mean that parents need to opt in. That's a radical change from what they had been doing before, where it's just a it's just permission slip that you fill out, basically. And if you don't fill it out, your kid still gets the education. But if you do fill it out, you opt out and you say, I do not want my child taking this. You have not, you have the choice to do that. You have the choices. Right. So, yeah. And so um, they saw fewer than half of parents actually fill that out by the deadline they gave them. Now, sex education won't begin for most students until the spring. So there is still some time for families to realize hey, I actually wanted my child to be taking this. I just didn't realize the process was different this year. We know that in some other school districts where they have always had an opt-in policy, there have been more students not receiving this education because their parents are not opting in. But that's been more of like a 10 to 20 percent rate of students not receiving it. So for Charlotte Mecklenburg schools to get less than half of parents to opt in, says that, you know, maybe there was some work to do on the communication. Right. So that's a a really big change. Um, Why are LGBTQ advocates concerned about the current sex education and what it includes? So the current sex education, um, you know, the state standard, which is reflected and is required by state law, is that they emphasize monogamous heterosexual relationships. And that kind of dates back to this idea that, you know, historically certain groups have had maybe higher rates of certain infections. But one thing we do know is that unprotected sex is not low risk for anyone. So the issue that a lot of advocates take is, you know, you don't want to alienate students who might not identify as heterosexual in a classroom, you want to be able to communicate that this education is for you too. And and definitely, especially as it comes to sexually transmitted diseases, which can be prevented in any community. And that's why everybody needs to be included. Yeah, that's basically the thinking that they would like, um, you know, people to feel included by the standards and that um, perhaps this way of looking at it is outdated. So, What is the thought process behind limiting some of this information and also uh, this this thought of, you know, we need to ask parents to, to opt in or opt out of this education? I mean, where is this coming from? Is this mostly political? So we know that there are conservative groups who would prefer an opt-in method. You know, schools have always had to send some information home, a slip of paper that either asks them to opt in or says, hey, if you sign this, you are opting your child out. So parents have always received some sort of notification. And the thinking behind that was this is a topic that parents are going to want to know about. And more conservative groups think that it should be an opt on opt-in form because, you know, a parent who doesn't sign it at all may be a parent who just didn't see it. But then there's kind of that opposite thinking where a parent who doesn't opt their child in might have also just not seen the form. And do you see the possibility of the curriculum changing in the future? And, you know, what's happening in other states? I mean, 
are, are we behind? Are we about where everybody else is? What's the situation? So North Carolina is going through a standards revision process for sex education. This is something they do every so many years. It's fairly routine. It's not sparked by this law, but what they do could be affected a little bit by what is in this law. Um, So Senate Bill 49 prohibits any kind of discussion of sexual orientation, gender identity before grade five. State standards never went before grade five anyway, but now for sure they will not. Um, One thing that's worth noting is the state standards do not even mention gender identity or sexual orientation to begin with. It's, you know, there's the state is still going through some of the feedback they've received from people on how their standards can be improved. So it's possible some people might put that in their feedback. Right now, we've seen a very early draft of some of the standards. Uh, They'll have more draft revisions, at least probably three drafts, and they currently don't appear to change too much about what's currently law. But there's still a lot of time for that to play out. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for breaking this down for us. I know you will continue to follow it. And if you're listening to this podcast on WREL.com or the WREL app, you can also find it on any podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, pretty much anywhere podcasts live. You'll find more episodes of the WREL Daily Download. As always, thanks for listening. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.